Your hosts, Jeannie Walters and Adam Toporek, are two of the most recognized and respected names in customer experience, and they've dedicated themselves to helping you improve your customer experiences. And now, it's time for Adam and Jeannie. Adam, as you know, you are such an optimist. Am I right? <laughs> yes, actually, you are. Thank you for that. Thank you for noticing, Jeannie. Yes, yes. I think we're both optimists in our own way when we look at the future of customer experience and when we think about the potential of customer experience and how important it is for really the everyday lives of people. Would you agree? I would agree 100%. It's uh, it's a brave new world in some ways, but it's also an exciting new world. It is. And I think the the future is for the optimists. That's that's I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> the future is for the optimists. <laughs> because the um, pessimists, they're going to be too worried about it, <laughs> no matter what you do. All right. But, next time you trade, uh, speaking of pessimism, if you want to trademark something, maybe it should make sense. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think like there's so much this, about this work that we talk about that is challenging and that can be overwhelming, especially when you're talking about large enterprises and complex customer experiences and all of those things. And we dig into that today with our guest, but there is this pervasive sense of optimism that I think is really compelling and something that every listener will walk away with a smile on their face today and some great no, ideas. No, great ideas. And 100%, um, Jen, who you're about to introduce, really shows um, the opportunities um, that yes. our, uh, that our technology is providing us in the sense of customer experience and uh, some of the opportunities uh, we, we dig into the metaverse, Jeannie. Uh, we do. We do. There are, there are all sorts of cool things happening. And, you know, it's, it's an exciting time to be part of the customer experience industry. And, you know, I, th I think it's a great conversation and something I'm really excited to get to. But before we dive into telling you about Jen, our incredible guest today, we first need to tell you about our incredible sponsor, right? So of course. this episode is brought to you by Forethought. Forethought has been with us all season, so shout out to them. And you know, we talk about the sense of optimism, but really customer expectations are higher than ever. And so if you just have that clunky chatbot, that might not be working for your customers like it used to be. So Forethought goes beyond traditional chatbots by infusing human-centered AI, I love that phrase, human-centered AI, that understands your customer's sentiment and intent so that you can empower customers to self-serve, automatically route tickets to the right agent, and enable agents to resolve cases faster, all on one AI power platform. You know what time it is, Adam? I'm going to guess it's time to think outside the bot, Jeannie. It's time to think outside the bot. <laughs> so learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card by visiting forethought.ai slash CTCC. And of course, that stands for Crack the Customer Code. Thank you again to Forethought for our sponsorship. And thank you to Jen. Now, I know Jen through some work that I've done, and I was just so impressed with her attitude and with her kind of 
zen quality when there's a lot going on. And so I'm really excited to introduce you to Jen Balin. She is the Chief Revenue Officer of SAP CX, Customer Experience, and one of the which is one of the leading drivers of SAP growth. She has spent more than 20 years building and leading high-performing sales and technical teams and has held senior leadership roles at five of the most impactful technology companies in the industry. She has managed billion-dollar P&Ls for Fortune 100 companies and delivered more than 106% attainment throughout her career. Before joining SAP, Jen was instrumental in driving growth at leading cloud companies, including Microsoft, Salesforce, Amazon Web Services, and Cisco. Passionate about sharing her industry knowledge and expertise, Jen is a frequent keynote speaker and advisor. She's a fierce advocate for inclusion and women in leadership, rah, rah, and she is based in the Pacific Northwest. Jen, we are so thrilled that you're with us on Crack the Customer Code, and I personally am just so excited that you're here. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. You know, it's actually a beautiful day in Seattle. We don't get that many sunny days, but it happens <laughs> to be that time of year, so I'm thrilled to be here with you. Awesome. So great to have you, Jen. And I want to dive right in. And you know, one of the things is working for SAP, it is such a big company. And you know, the complexity of the customer experience is just immense. So first, I want to just start by asking you, what do you recommend to leaders out there to simplify CX to, you know, try to get, get your hands around it when it's so inherently you know, complicated or at such a large scale? It's such a great question. And I think that first, everyone needs to stop and actually make sure that they understand the experience that they're delivering for their customers. I read some statistic um, within the last year or so, and I'm sure it's changed post-pandemic, but it was something like 70% plus of uh, percentage of executives hadn't had a chance to actually uh, demonstrate the experience within their own organization was something that they had personally um, experienced either in a store or online or through all different kinds of channels. And so I think the first thing that folks need to do is actually understand what experience they're currently delivering and then look to see how they want to adjust it. So um, with that being a foundation, as you have businesses today struggling to think about how they can gain a competitive advantage in the experience world, knowing where you're starting and then knowing where you'd like to go are the two endpoints that you need in order to solve for the middle. And so I think that's kind of the basic framework that I always recommend that folks start with. And then looking at what the possible is, you know, imagine the possibilities is, is the, is the possible something that exists today? Is the possible something that you want to dream up as an experienced differentiator for the future? So that's what I recommend as a starting point. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love the optimism of it. And I think you bring up a really, really important point because whenever I talk to CX leaders, one of the first questions I ask is, tell me about your last interaction with a customer. <laughs> and it's crickets. Like yeah. they, they don't. And it's because, you know, we are in complex organizational structures. Everybody has all this accountability and responsibility that we need to take care of. And sometimes we're not the ones interacting with that. But I think understanding, even if you're not the one delivering on it, understanding what that delivery is, is so important to really understand then what is possible and what is needed. So I love the way you tie those things together. And, you know, when you mention about 
you know, what what is possible, the future of CX is really exciting um, in so many ways. And we've it been is. talking about that a lot this season, just because there are so many um, amazing tools and technologies out there. And I think also this just broader understanding of how customer experience is a driver for business success as well. And I know you personally, we've had some conversations about this, but you're seeing opportunities with the metaverse. Yeah. So I would love to hear what can you share about what you see for the future there? Yeah, so it is a great question. I am passionate, fanatically passionate <laughs> about the metaverse. You know, if you saw me right now, I'm I'm literally jumping up and down in my chair because I think it's such a huge opportunity. And and I would say for anyone who's listening to this podcast, um, there are folks uh, that will be bold and seize the opportunity that's right in front of them in the metaverse. And there will folks that there will be folks that will be a little bit more hesitant. And both. Both options are okay. Both paths are okay. I think that if we were to look forward 10 years from now, everyone will be operating in the metaverse. And and here's what I mean by that. Um, the metaverse today reminds me eerily of um, the cloud 15 years ago, where you have these big companies and small companies thinking about, well, what is it? Is it a mechanism to be more agile or resilient? What what does the metaverse do for me? Um, it's It reminds me of just the feeling when I speak to customers about just uncertainty, but optimism. So both of those things, and you you use the word optimism. Mm -hmm. But as I think about digital transformation, uh, the consumers today across all age ranges are definitely interested in interacting with their brands. And so I think the metaverse needs to be thought of as a completely new channel. And what we can't misunderstand is that the availability of a channel to the marketplace doesn't necessarily mean that the connection is happening to the consumer. So I think those two things have to happen. I think that we have to think about the metaverse as a new channel, just like TikTok or, or any other um, marketplace or um, connection to a customer, but it is also the availability of a channel opening up to interact and create uh, connected experiences. So do you wanna hear what I think a couple of the first ones might be? I do. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I've been thinking a lot about this because I happen to have five children at home and I watch them. They're all teenagers. So I'm, I'm very bold to have five teenagers and um, work. And I actually think the work part is easier, frankly, than having five <laughs> But when I watch them interact with the brands that they love. So as an example, um, a couple of them love gaming. When they're gaming, um, they are able in that virtual universe to actually try on backpacks and shoes mm -hmm. and see how they feel and do they walk a little bit differently or does their character walk a, bit, a little bit differently in the outfits that they've selected because there's new confidence that is bolstered in the, the character that they're creating. Um, we're starting to see luxury brands that will allow um, customers to actually jump into something that they might create, perhaps a beautiful garden or an, an artistic environment so that they can actually style outfits or see how a purse or a pair of shoes might go with a, an outfit um, or a business uh, suit that they might be looking at for a future interview, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So so that's the retail side of the house. But you imagine how this expands out to experiences and and servicing. Um, I remember um, during the pandemic, it was before the pandemic, actually, it was really hard to get um, a healthcare appointment online. I mean, it was it was almost unheard of. Um, doctors wanted to see you face to face. But then all of a sudden during the pandemic, 
Um, it's almost like someone cast their magic wand and all of the barriers that were there were suddenly <laughs> gone and, and we were all okay with meeting these um, professionals online. And I think the same thing is going to happen in the metaverse with experiences. So while retail consumer goods might be those first industries to pop in, perhaps um, uh, you might have automotive um, next. What you'll probably see beyond that would be some of those personal experiences like healthcare, personal experiences like financial services. Could you buy a house just completely in the metaverse? I think we will be able to in the future. And perhaps all of those people that are a part of that buying cycle actually help make that connection in the metaverse. So that's what mm. I think that the future looks like. I, I love that idea of everything. And one of the examples I heard that got me excited about this idea was how some of the barriers that people have uh, as kind of physical humans uh, will go away a little bit. And, and one of the things that I heard was this woman who uses a wheelchair. She has a, you know, a, a car that's set up for her and so she can drive. And she said, you know, she is always nervous about going to a mechanic because she knows about her car, but they never trust her. And so she was excited about this idea of being in the metaverse and, and kind of having none of those immediate things matter and having those conversations in the metaverse and then uh, feeling that trust level go up to the point where then you can decide, okay, this is the person I'm going to go see now in the physical world because we built trust in the metaverse. And I thought that was so interesting and such a unique way to really look at it as an inclusive part of experience as well. I love it. That's that's actually really inspiring to hear because that was the first thing that jumped to mind to me too is just inclusivity mm -hmm. overall and how to bring more people into a community marketplace to buy yeah. and make decisions and have their opinions heard as these brands shape their products and experiences over the years. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of inclusion, uh, give us your thoughts on, you know, trying to imagine the transition to the metaverse, right? As, as we've seen the transition to digital transformation, um, uh, I don't know what generation you are. The generation above me is, um, uh, shall, shall we say, uh, ch a little more challenged by technology. Uh, my generation, Jeannie's generation is, um, hey. I'm assuming. Hey, we yeah, talked about I, this. Jeannie right <laughs> does not like when I lump her in with me. Uh, Jeannie likes to think the breach is much greater than it is. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, but, you know, um, it's such an interesting thing to wonder, uh, you know, I imagine your teenagers are just going to, as soon as the metaverse starts uh, becoming more accessible, are just going to jump in with all the feet. What do you think that transition is going to look like with uh, the difference in you know, te technological adaptation and different um, generations and also just this markedly different type of experience. I mean, to some degree, some of what we have now is an extension of the real world a little more, but this metaverse is, I guess it'll mimic the real world, but it's a, that's going to be a whole new thing in other ways. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a couple of different factors coming into play and the stars are starting, starting to align. So if you look back a couple of years, um, let's say 10 years, um, I don't think that um, that Apple and, and Samsung and some of the other um, manufacturers thought that um, cell phones would be owned by all of the generations that exist today. And that's what we're seeing now is that, that cell phones really are owned by all the generations that exist. And then, then you see smartphones and now you see smart TVs and then you watched um, the um, broadband um, internet 
um, companies actually lay out cable that we were all wondering why they have that fat cable going out <laughs> and it's so that they could create the experiences for on demand that uh, exists today with some of the streaming options that are available. So, so there's that piece. There's the technological advancements, but the accessibility that's starting to change because the price points for some of these devices are either a part of a new subscription model or business model, or um, these companies are realizing that if they just change their revenue model and have a different mindset, they're able to actually drive some incredible, delightful experiences that, that customers will pay for. So that's happening. Um, I also think that if you look at the metaverse, will, will you require things like virtual reality headsets, um, et cetera? Right now, yes. Who knows what the future looks like? I think that gets more accessible and the world will advance um, probably faster than we realize because the younger generation that's creating it, I think, has a perspective around what they would like to do to interact with brands. But the more interesting thing that I think has happened that I would call the third pillar that's aligning right now is uh, be to everyone that came out just during the pandemic where you had manufacturers going directly to consumers as opposed to having um, some sort of a business in between. So, I mean, in the old days, we used to talk about B2B and B2C, and now we talk about B to everyone and B to B2C. Um, that's the last piece that's aligning that um, will change how commerce is done, will change how transaction is done, transactions are done. So it's no longer about just the actual purchase, but this phenomenon of a customer life cycle that I know some of us have been talking about in the industry for years will finally come to life. So you imagine in a metaverse, if you could go back and actually show off the purse you buy it and you actually have a community of people that you identify with in the metaverse, it will um, create you going back to potentially purchase the next purse or the next pair of shoes, et cetera, mm -hmm. using that example. You know, what's interesting about what you just said is that in a way, be to everyone actually means creating more almost micro communities, micro um, experiences where people can relate just to who they want to relate to, right? Like they don't have to go impress everybody, but they can go share that purse with the purse collector club that <laughs> they're part of. And, <laughs> um, and that actually will drive loyalty more than trying to get reaction from everybody. So it's this weird juxtaposition of, yes, you have to think about everybody. And I think the, the pandemic certainly accelerated that, but you also have to realize that like part of the opportunity here is creating more places for people to find one another. And that's the part of, I think, the overall internet that is so fascinating. But it's also, you know, you mentioned gaming. A lot of people don't game unless they're being social, right? Unless they're part of those communities while they're gaming. It's no longer an individual pursuit. Yeah. yeah. And so I think there's so much around that that will be really interesting to watch and how brands handle that. And I'm I'm curious what you're observing out there as far as, you know, there, there are so many competing priorities. And I know that, I mean, SAP really is involved in so many different industries and uh, just, I mean, amazing, amazing parts of our world. And so there are so many priorities around sustainability and digital transformation and all of those kind of big ideas right now that are tied directly to the experience that we're delivering customers. So what are you observing? What are you seeing that make makes you excited about the future here? How are the best brands tackling those big goals? So I love that question. I think that um, 
Brands right now realize the connectivity between the supply chain all the way back to the customer at the end of the day. And whether it's the customer buying something or returning something or just wanting to interact with the brand, there is a desire to understand where that thing came from. Um, and that lends itself to the whole sustainability conversation. But then also, uh, we're starting to see customers uh, have more loyalty towards the brands that do good in the world, do the right things for people, do the right things for Earth. And it, it mm -hmm. does seem as if um, across the world, this is a global phenomenon, it's not just regionally based, there is a respect for sustainability. And so while there are adjustments that are happening at the government level, most recently in North America around some of the rules for reporting in the future around sustainability specifically, I believe that will be a trickle effect across the rest of the world. So that that uh, specifically will drive sustainability. Um, but powering all of this is data and understanding the customer. So what does a customer want to identify as? Um, how do they want to consent to their, their information being used? Do they just want to be um, a virtual person in the interaction, or do they want to identify as a person that lives in Seattle, Washington, and likes specific brands and share more so that they can get more personalized information um, from that brand specifically? And I think the consumer now has the power in their hands more so than ever before to, to dictate and dominate the requests that they have. And that's what we're helping customers with today. Mm-hmm. Data is so, so important, and it's still so challenging, isn't it? It is. Yes. We're getting there. We're getting and there. Are you fine? Is it difficult to navigate the different, um, the different approaches of your clients to data, to customer data? So, so I would say uh, what our customers are telling us is they know that data is important. So they know, they know some of the basics. They know that they, they need to protect customer data, so that's important. They know that they need to enhance their user profiles so that they can actually uh, serve up information either at the time of service or at the time of transaction in order to give the customer the best experience that they want. Um, what we're starting to help customers more with is aligning data to the supply chain all the way through to the commerce and the transaction environment all the way through to the servicing environment. And then of course, when they align all of those areas, they're able to actually personalize and create delightful, meaningful experiences. So that when the brands connect, and Jeannie, you know this better than anyone, the, the right interaction creates a raving fan, fan base, but the wrong interaction, you know, it's four to seven X that, depending upon the quarter in the year. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what we're helping our clients with today is how do they combine all of those um, technology uh, tools in order to get where they need to go for their customers. Awesome. All right. Well, you know what? This has been amazing, Jen. Uh, thank you so much. You know, we have been asking a final question of everybody this season. And we want to ask you, what delights you about working with customers? I am uh, enamored with the amount of innovation that I see today in the marketplace. It surpasses anything I've seen in any previous years uh, in the technology industry. And I chose the technology industry because I knew it would be fast moving and disruptive. What I see right now 
is um, nothing short of noteworthy. So I think the future is extremely exciting and it's sure a pleasure to be able to work with clients of all sizes to help them get what they are dreaming about in the future. Mm. Another optimistic answer. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy now. I know, right? Right? You can't help it. So Jen, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. If they want to reach out to you or learn more about you or SAPCX, what are the best ways for them to do that? For sure. You can reach out to uh, SAPCX. Just uh, look us up. We're there. And you can take a look at all of uh, the amazing products that we have. And I think that Um, At SAP, we've been in the industry for 50 years, and many customers and companies know about us on the ERP side of the world. Um, We have amazing solutions in the customer experience side that are only um, valuable because of everything that we see on the data side through the supply chain. And so that makes the experience more powerful than any other solution in the market today. So I'm really pleased to, I'm, I'm pleased to be here representing SAP, but more importantly, I'm, I'm happy to help change the future with our customers. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you again so much for being here. And I can't wait to hang out in the metaverse with you. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm <gonna look> up. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. See, I told you, Adam, we all have smiles on our face. We all have smiles on our face. You can't see them because our faces are obscured by our hologram glasses, but we are all (laughs) smiling. (laughs) That's right. We're smiling in real life and in the metaverse all at the same time. It's pretty rad. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty rad. (laughs) Rad. (laughs) We're in the the metaverse using language from 30 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming back, I tell you. Everything does. I think... I think it's so fascinating to think about how really complex and complicated and big some of the challenges that uh, Jen tackles with her customers and how really it all comes down to, hey, if we understand each other better, we can deliver better experiences. So let's focus on understanding and let's make sure that we understand not just who our customers are, but what do they want us to know about themselves? I think that's going to be such an important question as we move into this next phase of customer experience. That's really, it's, you know, we have the tools, we have the ability to understand our customers um, at scale, particularly Mm -hmm. in a way we never, you know, could 10 years ago. And it's an amazing time. We've talked a lot about AI um, this season, and we're going to talk more about it this season as well. And, you know, it's the incredible opportunity we have to, let customers not only determine their own path, but for us to understand that desire and help them achieve it is incredible nowadays. Mm -hmm. It really is. It really is. So we know that you got a lot out of this and, uh, you know, hope that you continue to use these ideas to continue to smile and spread that optimism (laughs) throughout the world. Wouldn't that be awesome? I think that would be awesome. So thank you all so much for being here as our listeners on Crack the Customer Code. As we mentioned, Crack the Customer Code is sponsored this season by Forethought.ai. So don't forget to learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card by visiting Forethought.ai slash CTCC, which stands for Crack the Customer Code. So thank you for being part of Crack the Customer Code. We are also a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Come say hey at experienceinvestigators.com. 
And I'm Adam Toporek, and you can connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.